I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show in association with Talk Sport, Will Gavin, John Jackson and an action-packed show for you. Today, we were at the NXT UK tapings this past weekend where we spoke to Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson. You'll hear that later on the show. And a genuine indie wrestling legend in Christopher Daniels, the first ever Ring of Honor Grand Slam champion. Plus, we'll talk about our impressions of the tapings, some WWE action, some indie action, and plenty more. This is the Pro Wrestling Show. So I got the name right this well time. Well done. But I yeah. kind of rushed it a little bit at the end to fit it into the music. The so. most impressive thing about this week is that producer Sam is actually here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sammy. His, his mic's probably not even on the desk or something. Oh, good. You're there, but you're really quiet. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam, we stole your idea for the show, but then changed it entirely, which is, is good to know, I'm sure. Uh, right. You know, you know, your idea was doing like a throwback match and you were going to talk about it and we were going to say where people could watch it on the WWE Network or whatever. And it was like real nice idea that we were going to do. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember you said you'll get me involved every week when that happens. Yeah. So what we've now done instead is pick our favorite indie match <laughs> that you can watch for free on YouTube and tweet about that instead. Right. So last week it was uh, it was Matt Riddle against Will Ospreay from OTT Wrestling. Oh, yes. Which was great. It's an amazing match. But we only got, like, one response on Twitter, which was a little bit disappointing. Oh, that is disappointing. Ask me where I watched it. Where did you watch it? Night bus. Did you watch it on the night bus last night? So last night, what's worse than the night bus? Just missing the night bus and having to wait 20 minutes for another night bus because you know that you're getting on the (laughs) night bus again. It's literally a circle of crap. Um, So I was like, well, I'm going to have to enjoy the night bus somehow. And it was empty, so there wasn't anyone who's likely to mug me. So I did get my phone out and watch that match, Matt Riddle versus uh, Will Ospreay. It is still up on our Twitter page, and you can still go there and watch it. And the idea is that each week we're going to post this up, and then we're going to talk about the match with the Twitter interactions and give our impressions. So I'll just read. Chris Bellis got in touch really enjoyable watch not seen a lot of Matt Riddle's work but if he consistently performs like this trust me he does I'm a believer those rolling suplex variations especially the fisherman suplex were fantastic and what more can be said about Will Ospreay he keeps getting better it was the end of a trilogy which ended in OTT and had a crazy hot crowd because it was at their uh, big end of year event and they uh just the crowd were mental and the the atmosphere was fantastic and the action was fast paced from moment one it only goes for about 15 16 minutes but it's just 
Just an absolute joyful sprint of a matchup. It's a scrapper mania at National Stadium in Dublin, which is the name of a bar or a theatre or something. It's not the National Stadium. <laughs> looked, it when wasn't they said the Aviva. That, when they said that, I looked and went, that's a really small National Stadium. <laughs> that's like, you know, Mal- I've been to Malta's International Football Ground and that's bigger than that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's worth going and checking out still. This week, our match is going to involve one of our guests we're talking to. Let's just do a little tease for it. And then people have to go and watch it this yeah, week and yeah. tell us what they think. It's going to be good. I've not I, seen I, it. Can I possibly get some like royalties for at least coming up with no. the idea? No, put your mic away. <laughs> We're not earning any money for this, so no. You, you can can't. you can you can get involved in the debt that we have. And you wonder why I'm never involved. <laughs> you can you can pay one third of the costs it took us to get to Cambridge and back this weekend twice because Johnny had to work I on Sunday book, morning. I forgot to book Sunday morning, so we couldn't even <laughs> stay in a hotel and get drunk. Literally. So should we talk about NST now? Yeah. Um, so we got there. So, you know... Um, we'll we, talk about World of Sport as well, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, OK. So we drove there watching World of Sport on the way, which we'll get onto in a minute. But when we got there, we realised that there was a Weatherspoons not too far away. And we jokingly said that we would do a pro wrestling show meetup at a Weatherspoons. Now, obviously... We didn't put it out there because we didn't think anyone would turn up, but it didn't stop us going and having a pitcher of drink each. No. Except we'd have to down it in 15 minutes. Yeah. And the thing is, is that... At that moment, that's the moment when you're thinking, I really wish I'd book Sunday morning off work because I really would like to stay in this Weatherspoons yeah. and come back after the wrestling and continue my night in Cambridge. But instead, no. So impressions of the NXT UK tapings. Yes. First of all, fantastic venue. Venue's Love, great. Bit more old school. Yeah. Our tickets on the second night were directly behind a post, which was holding up the balcony, <laughs> but it's fine. We got to move our seats. <laughs> it wasn't a huge problem. No. Uh, we, um, we, uh, overall, the quality of the actual product on display was phenomenal. There were matches from both nights, which were right up there with some of the best matches I've seen live in a while. I hope that when they are put onto the network, we still, we asked the guys from WWE and there was no, apparently Shawn Michaels was in the building and Matt Bloom was definitely there helping to run the night, but none of them did. There was none of the kind of pomp and circumstance of that. There was none of the kind of big presentation, etc. It was just very much focusing on the wrestling, the interaction between those characters, the storylines. There wasn't all the pomp and circumstance of the UK tournament. I think that's what I really liked about it. Yeah. It felt like our genuine, our our very own version of NXT. And I'll I'll be interested to see how that differs from the American NXT tapings, and I imagine they do it in exactly the same way, because why wouldn't they? Uh, It's probably the same crew. Like, they had a Mm. big crew bus, didn't they? There was a lot of crew there. Um, And, uh, yeah, it was was funny, because we kind of worked out some of it might not have been filmed in order, so we were trying to work out which order (laughs) bits would go, and obviously there's lots of backstage stuff they would have filmed, which when it's edited and put out, we still don't know when it's coming out. Uh, Obviously that will be put in, and you know, you don't see those bits, you just see loads of great matches, and that was alright by me. Very hot in there. Oh, it was all about? ridiculously no warm air in there, con. but the old school venue, so that's probably yeah. why, even though it rained over the weekend, then it was cold and I was Still boiling life. hot. The most exciting thing for me uh, is that we did sit next to Wolfgang's dad for um, a large part of Sunday. <laughs> the second night, yeah. And uh, we kind of oh. guessed it was Wolfgang's dad, because he was the only fellow wearing a Wolfgang hoodie. Um, <laughs> and what you called it, Will, you went, I reckon that's Wolfgang's dad. And then I got talking to him to try and find out, and he went... Wolfie's my boy! <laughs> <laughs> and it was very funny. And um, and then later on, Wolfie's dad flipped me the bird. <laughs> <laughs> and Wolfie's dad was at one point sending an email during one of his son's matches, and at another point just flicking through his phone, deleting memes. 
<laughs> so Wolfgang's dad, if you ever meet um, Brian Young, I can't remember what his name was, um, He have a chat with him. He's great. We the, wanted to get him on the show, but he was busy. The, um, the, the kind of the situation is, we obviously can't spoil anything. I don't want to spoil anything. But he flipped me the bird because there was an all Scottish promo and I jokingly went over and went Wolfie's dad you're going to have to translate this for us and he just did a big hearty belly laugh and then gave me the finger and I was like oh okay you did deserve it you probably, did deserve it probably was that, would you say that's your biggest claim to fame this week getting the finger from Wolfie's dad very possibly very yeah. possibly uh, and it was overall two brilliant nights the crowd were really hot uh, the women starred there were some brilliant women's matches uh, I thought if we're going to talk about who performed without talking, without yeah. being like, so Pete was, uh, was great. The mustache mountain guys got an unbelievable pop. And when they performed, were really good. Uh, Zach Gibson had probably the match of the weekend on night one. I want to say Noam Dar was there and, and had a couple of really good matches. He won me over a little bit. I've been not really that bothered by him before, but actually he was the sort of, I think I have to see these people live sometimes. Where, where's Alicia was one of the best chants of the weekend it was while Noam Dar was wrestling uh, and yeah just honestly the quality of that product if it's edited well and if the backstage stuff is done well and the pro but you expect that to happen because it's WWE so I'm really excited to see how it comes out based on how hot the crowd were and how good the wrestling was while we were there and we then on the Sunday we got to speak to so we spoke with Zach Gibson uh, Travis Banks who if you'll have seen in Fight Club Pro on the Friday popped his shoulder out oh. and even though you're going to hear his his edited broadcast version of the story when we play that interview probably next week yeah i'll just tell you the version of the story he told me which was he went straight to the hospital he got given 20 uh, milligrams or whatever it is the top level amount of uh, of what's the morphine morphine that's it of morphine that you're allowed to be given didn't do anything had gas and air Still didn't do anything. He literally had to be knocked out cold in order for them to pop his shoulder back in. He shared a picture as well, and he's like, he's flat. Like he literally looks like he's been battered and then put under and then woken up. And he's like sitting there going, "What?" Well, they worked out a way to kind of get around it with the tapings. Obviously, that's probably the only spoilery thing we'll say. But I did go to shake his hand on the Sunday, and he did. Being such a polite, lovely man, he did extend his right arm in this really kind of ginger fashion out to me, and I was like, "Left hand, left hand, it's fine." Um, Doesn't everyone extend their hand to you in a ginger fashion? Good, good. Yeah. Will's ginger, by the way, if you're listening, don't know what he looks like. I can all see it from the picture. Uh, so yeah, and we also spoke with Nina Samuels. Nina Samuels was great. You love was Nina really, Samuels, really don't good. You? So we'll she's your Isla Dawn. Have Nina Samuels next week, and probably Travis Banks next week. But this week we're going to hear from Zach Gibson, and we're going to hear from uh, from Christopher Daniels coming up as well. Should we hear from Zach Gibson now? Do it now. Let's do it now. Break up the podcast a little bit. It's about twenty minutes long, and then we'll come back. We'll talk World of Sports, some WWE action, and some other bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, here's uh. Liverpool's, Liverpool's number, number one, one. <laughs> Zach Gibson. So delighted to welcome onto the show Liverpool's number one and winner of the tournament at Royal Albert Hall, Zach Gibson. Zach, how are you doing, buddy? I'm very good, very good. Twenty minutes last night, I'm uh, I'm goosed, but but I'm happy to be here as always. So, how was night one for you? It was massive. Um, I've gone on record as saying this before. You know, I've been doing this now for over twelve years. And it's always been with the intention of getting to here, basically getting to this company, getting to this platform. So this is everything I've ever wanted to do in my career, being in Cambridge, being at the Royal Albert Hall, being with NXT UK. It's, uh, it's the best. There's no other way to point it. I don't have to, I don't have to sugarcoat it. It's just the best. And, and honestly, obviously we want to avoid spoilers, but unbelievable crowd last night. 
you end up equivalent to headlining the whole night. And even after three hours and you going 20 minutes, it still was really hot all the way through. Yeah. I think that goes, you know, that's a credit to the roster. It's also a credit to the, to the supporters, to the fans that are coming out. Uh, I've always, I've always loved that about the British fans. And I think that's, um, one of the, one of the big things that's going to stand out with the brand in general as, as a whole. You know, it's, it's fun. Wrestling's fun. It's something that can be enjoyed by so many people. And, uh, often people that either don't get it or haven't watched it yet, they don't understand just how fun wrestling can be. And all they have to do is let the guard down for two minutes, come along, be a part of something like that. From, it must have been three hours, the whole show all in. And from the first bell all the way to the last bell, people were up and down, standing on their feet, waving their shoes around in the air, <laughs> <laughs> enjoying themselves. Well, that's what it's all about. We're enjoying ourselves. They're enjoying themselves. This is, this is, this is fun. This is exciting. I, I want to ask you about that very thing because it's, I was chatting to one of the guys from WWE here who only knew you from when you joined WWE and started doing the stuff with, with NXT UK. But people who know the indie scenes know how much heat you get and know how you get so roundly booed and, they were stunned that the first time you're given a mic in Royal Albert Hall, immediately the reaction is there. So firstly, what's that like going into a whole new promotion, a whole new set of fans and getting that heat straight away? And I will ask you about the shoes as well. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's what I'm looking for, isn't it? You know, this is, this is a variety. This is a big variety show. That's my part on the show. I want to do it to the best of my ability. But also it comes real natural to me. Do you know, I'm a big... I'm a big Liverpool fan. It's a big, um, it's not the be all and end all of what I do, but it is a big part of what I do. And this is an away game. So <laughs> it, it's everything that I'm used to. It's everything that I'm anticipating. And obviously I like throwing it back at them. Um, they've found new and inventive ways to try and distract me and try and get under my skin. But it's just, it's all part of it. It's what makes this so special. And it's something that I've built up over the last 12 years. So to be able to just walk in, I'm, I'm never going to be so so cocky as to expect it. I'll always go out there, and uh, I was I was talking earlier, and people were saying, "Joe, where these shows make or break, will Albert Hall make or break?" I said, "When you're trying to push forward and you're trying to move up the ranks and really cement your spot, you have to treat every one of these shows like it's make or break." So I'm going out there with the intention of I don't care if this entire room don't know me, I'm going to do something that they're going to remember. If they didn't come to see me, they're definitely going to walk away talking about me. And uh, just, I'm lucky, I guess. <laughs> I went out there <laughs> expecting them not to know me. And then I thought, oh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> is this how it is? <laughs> is this how it's going to be? And the thing is, so um, it was our video of the shoes off thing that went viral after Royal Albert Hall. And it started in the box behind us with uh, Progress Now commentator, former wrestler Dahlia Black and her friends. I just wonder, have you spoken to her since it happened? And No. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, I don't know if we've got a problem. or <laughs> no, It's just, like I say, it, it's part of it, isn't it? And they're all trying to, they're all trying to one-up each other. Like who can get under his skin the most? Because they can see that it's winding me up. And obviously that's where, I guess, I guess that's where some of the fun of it comes from. <laughs> and they were just the ones who won that night, I guess. <laughs> they were the ones who thought of the most inventive way to distract me from what I was trying to do. And it just, it caught on. And to be honest, like I, I couldn't see what was going on. I was so laser focused on the match with one of the best wrestlers in the world that it took me a minute or so to think, 
I've not heard this. I've not heard this before. I don't know what's going on. And I had to take a look. And even after seeing it, I sort of had to do that double take of, <laughs> I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> just shoes in the air. It's just not a, so if I achieve nothing else in life, <laughs> I think I can lay claim that I'm the only person to ever make the Royal Albert Hall take All their take shoes, shoes off. off. Yeah, away and actually, do you know what? If you're not even wrestling tonight, not going to mind that much because it was hot in the corn exchange last night and it didn't smell great after you've been out there. I'm not going to lie, but it was obviously still amazing to see that it carried over. Well, you've seen that internet meme, haven't you, of the, the guy from Airplane? Yeah. Dripping. Yeah, 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 exactly. I had, I had 10 minutes of talking. <laughs> they look like I just got out of the shower. My jacket was a write-off. Drenched, soaking wet through. I got backstage. It looked like I'd done 30 minutes and uh all I'd done was shout and get annoyed. <laughs> but do it excellently. Um, I want to ask about the Royal Albert Hall stuff. And you mentioned the match with Pete there. I always find it fascinating when you talk about that laser focus because we've spoken with Pete previously about his match with, with Tyler back at uh, NXT TakeOver. And when Trent and Tyler came backstage, they obviously had a phenomenal moment of their own that night with the tag championships. But Trent was talking about that match as if it was, you know, up there in the Pantheon, your match yeah. is the best he'd ever seen. Do you realise in the moment with the reaction you're getting from the crowd, with what you're doing in the ring, do you have any realisation of how well it's going over and how great people are perceiving the match to be? Um, there's a yes and a no. So occasion, basically when, when, I'm, when I'm actually in there with a talent like Pete, because he, he just comes at you and comes at you and comes at you, he doesn't stop. So it's hard to, if you try to take your, your eye off the ball just for one second, Pete's just going to mess with you. He's going to do something that you never thought would happen in a million years and you're going to find yourself on your back looking up um, just twisting your fingers around your head and stuff like that so you, you really can't take your eye off them but occasionally there'll just be moments moments where there's a break and you get that one second to actually to look around and see what's going on and that was when you think like okay this is this is going well and he's getting up again and he's going to punch me in the throat again <laughs> uh, there was a good 45 second minute period of that match where he had punched me right in the throat. <laughs> and so I was just covering up, just trying not to be sick. Wonderful. Just trying not to vomit. <laughs> so, um, so there was moments of thinking, wow, this is special. Royal Albert Hall, thousands of people taking their shoes off, on their feet, enjoying themselves. And then there was 45 minutes of panic thinking, Royal Albert Hall, thousands of people, please don't let me throw up on my belly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it, particularly special for you. You spoke about after night one, went three matches in a night, coming through and winning the, the tournament, that you felt vindicated because you'd missed out on that opportunity yeah. the year before. Just tell us a bit about what happened the year before. Were, was there ever a point where WWE were in contact with you about being involved in that first time? I've, um, I've been knocking on WWE's doors for years. So this is, I don't shy away from the point, like, WWE is the top dogs, they're the leading brand in sports entertainment. It's it's where I like I say every wrestler wants to be. I've seen so many people blagging that they'd rather wrestle somewhere else, but then I talk to them and they just tell me about their history in wrestling and what they watched growing up. And WWE is the top dogs. So this is where I've always wanted to be. If other people want to go and do other stuff, that's on them. But this is the only thing I ever wanted to do. So anything I ever did in my career was with the intention of building my own name. So I could inevitably cash in and, and come here. And um, the decisions that I made that year were with the intention of building my brand to come here. And it just so happened. Like I said, I, I was already um, in talks and just 
going back and forth, getting advice on uh, regularly. WWE have always had a hand in the UK and they've always been here to help the talent and encourage us in what to do next. And it was just just a really uh, unfortunate miscommunication from my end where I was trying to come up and get something to make myself of it, to make myself uh, ready for them. And what actually happened was I tied myself in a very short deal, but it just, the timing could not have been worse for me. So when they came to start up their own project, I was already busy and they said, you know, don't you worry about it. You, you keep doing what you need to do and you keep on building yourself. And you know, they, they don't hold any grudges. They're always supportive of what we need to do. But as you can imagine, for me personally, it was devastating. And then where that show went was even more devastating. And things like being there and trying to be changed. I've got, I do what I do and it's people respond to it really positively. People enjoy what I do. Yet they're trying to change me and make me wear a leather jacket and all this nonsense that I don't want to do. So when that all fell through and then you fast forward and now we are where we are. Just thank God. <laughs> thank God it didn't go any other way. Yeah, well, that's it. It's almost that kind of element of that almost <clears throat> a positive from a negative. Yeah. The fact that it did go so poorly, everything just worked so badly. But then fast forward 12 months yeah. and when it came to putting together this tournament, who like when they're in communication with you, at what kind of stage did you get the impression from them that not only did they want you involved, but they were planning on you being one of the guys, if not yeah. the guy? Um, I, it's hard, it's hard to say really. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you've got to have confidence in yourself to want to be the tough guy, to put yourself forwards to be the tough guy. It's not necessarily something that, that they can just say, this guy is going to be the best. You put yourself out there and you, you make that decision for people. You just be the best, get the best reactions, be the most entertaining, be the most interesting. And then you force the hand. So, Obviously, there's, there's still a lot more that goes into it than that, but there was never necessarily a, a conversation about it. It was just everyone was brought on board. Everyone's in direct, friendly competition with each other and whoever just stepped up. And I was just lucky enough to, to be the guy that stepped up, basically. What do you think you've learned since this process has started working with guys like William Regal, Triple H, Matt Bloom? Is there... You talked about building yourself for 12 years. So what have you learned in the last three or four months maybe that you didn't have prior to that? It's, it's mental how it works. It's a, I've learned in the last three or four months, I've learned the equivalent of what it just took me six years to learn. <laughs> so in the six years where every other year I think like, wow, I'm getting it now. I'm really getting it now. This is it. Things are coming together. It's clicking. That's from traveling over to China for two months just to pick up one little one little element to make my game better and then traveling over to Germany for a month just to pick up one or two little techniques that I believe are going to make me better then you get to WWE you get to this stage and you've got the best brains ever in this job all all working together and all actively wanting you to do better so you I you go to them if you've got a brain on your head you know I'll sit there and I'll just listen to them for hours and hours because they're the most, to me, they're the most interesting people in the world. But on top of that, they're coming, they're coming to me. If they see something that they think I can improve on, they'll actually come to me and they'll tell me what it is. So you just, you're plugged right into the best brains in wrestling. You can't help but get better. If you can't improve with Shawn Michaels, 
maybe <laughs> maybe the best there's ever been. If you cannot improve with him giving you advice, then it's simply not for you. <laughs> with, the, with these guys there, you, you're set up to succeed and they want us to succeed and they're encouraging us to succeed. Has that level of investment from WWE <clears throat> in the UK changed your approach to how you wrestle on the indie scene as well then? Um, not, not at all now. If anything now, I'm having to work harder because now I'm an ambassador for NXT UK. So I can't, I can't allow myself to have fans show up to any show, see my name associated with NXT UK and then see anything less than a hundred percent. Um, I did a, a week in Denmark that we're talking two or three weeks ago. Was this when you wrestled in a car park? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I saw that on social media. Amazing. Wrestling's right? the best. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? <laughs> um, so I did a week of shows in Denmark with barely any sleep and it was really, really good, really rewarding, but little to no rest. And then that day I flew back to Manchester. So I landed in Manchester at about, I think it was half five, jumped straight on the train to Stockport. I got to the venue during the interval of the show. And I was on two matches later. So I had to just get my soaking wet gear out of my suitcase. And so there's nothing, by the way, people don't understand how devastating it is to slide your soaking wet knee pads up on your legs. That's one of my least favorite things in life, uh, to slide on your gear. And I had to go out there and do it. And that could have been an opportunity to just play my greatest hits, have a nice night off, 150 people in the room, but though, when you walk out and you're seeing that's 150 people waiting to see NXT UK, let's, let's see what NXT UK is all about. So if anything, I'm, I'm actually working harder now that I'm associated with this company because I have to. I feel like, you know, the future of this brand is on not just my shoulders, but the roster's shoulders. And we're constantly working to make this the best that it is on these shows and on, and on any other show. I, I am intrigued as to, mm. Obviously, this is all you've ever known, but how the kind of old, older heads would have approached it versus this when there wasn't yeah. social media, the internet, and you weren't, you know, didn't have a million and one podcasts and blogs. Yeah. I'm going to go. Actually, I went and saw Zach Gibson in Denmark. I was a little bit disappointed, to be honest. <laughs> like, why are they pushing this guy? So, I think that's kind of a fascinating uh, potential change that's yeah. happened in the industry. Um, I want to ask as well, while just while we've got a moment about obviously Royal Albert Hall first NXT UK tapings. But also in the next few months, you're going to be wrestling at Wembley as part of a tag team with your close friend, a guy that you run a training center with. Like that opportunity coming at the Brown the same time. What, how has that been? How has the build to that been? Because the, the last couple of months and the last year or so have just been mental. Uh, I've got a degree in accounting and finance. So God only knows if I would have <laughs> the two lives that were calling for me if I would have went down that other route I just would have been missing out on these things that I didn't even you know, things that I didn't even aim to do things like the trips in Denmark and the trips over in China and now we're getting the opportunity to wrestle Wembley it's just it's all come at once every single week there's just something new that's happening that's ridiculously exciting or just just weird just strange so many times I stood at the Albert Hall where the queen has a box to watch your favorite things. And then I'm about to go out there and wrestle, not just wrestle, but wrestle for the WWE surrounded by a load of my friends who I've known for years. Uh, we're going to do Wembley stadium. You can't mention the name Wembley to anyone without getting a rise out of them. Cause that means a lot in this country. Um, the NXT UK deals that we're doing, everything's incredible. We're going over to the States with progress for a tour over there. 
So in the space of two weeks, we're hitting like eight cities. So when I'm telling that to my family, they're all blown away by that. I've just, I've not had a chance to rest. I don't want to rest <laughs> just in case I wake up, <laughs> just in case I realize it's one of those really poorly written <laughs> TV shows. Um, this is everything I've wanted to do. So every day I get up and I just think, you know, what am I doing today? Oh, I'm resting at the World Albert Hall. Have you got a week off next week? No, I'm going to Denmark. What about after that? I'm going to France and Belgium. I'm going to the States. Then I'm doing NXT UK in Cambridge, Birmingham, Plymouth, Liverpool, Wembley Stadium for progress. Well, Wembley Arena. It's, it's, it's unreal. It's, it's the best time to be me. <laughs> <laughs> and the very last thing is on Liverpool. And you, you might think I want to ask you about wrestling in Liverpool. We've done that before. What I want to ask you about is £66 million on Alisson. Liverpool have got a new number one. Who are we going to settle who is Liverpool's true number one? <laughs> different fields. <laughs> different fields. He's allowed it in his field because God knows we needed him. <laughs> um, you know, some people are taking it too far with, with the carrier stuff. It's probably best just not to touch on that at all. Um, but ultimately, when you're watching pre-season, trying to get excited about the next chance, you know, we've built the squad better. We've got a new number eight. We're going for it this season. And then you see schoolyard errors like going through the legs and that we needed Alisson so 66 they could have given him anything if they would have said we're going to pay 200 million pounds for Alisson I was like, yeah do it do it you can have all of my wages from this year just please get us, get us, get us someone to just put a little bit of faith in us um, I, I was so happy when we saw that one brilliant stuff Zach thank you so much for your time no no worries thanks for having me Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson speaking to us. Um, The whole bit about the match with Pete at Royal Albert Hall when he talked about like Pete's a guy who when you face him there isn't a second to take it in and like even when the shoes off thing was happening he was like I barely got to pay attention to what was going on because 
Pete will just keep coming. And he said that when he hit him in the throat, oh. and then he basically spent 45 seconds of the match trying not to throw up on his own chest. Oh. That just gives you an idea. It's vile, isn't it? I quite like that all the NXT people, literally, you remember we saw, um, we after the NXT tapings on Sunday night, we saw two buses, Gatwick bus, mm-hmm. Heathrow bus, and we thought, oh, maybe that's the crew. But then, like, they've all, literally, or most of the UK people, most of the main UK signed people, have all flown to Florida, and I'm assuming they're filming NXT, or always training NXT and whatever, and they've been showing all their beach photos, and it's quite funny to see... Uh, Zach Gibson just chilling out on a beach, sun well, lounger type thing. A lot of them have got the Progress US tour starts this week as yeah. well. Uh, so a lot of them are going out and doing that. And yeah, there's loads of, there's loads of stuff going on at the moment. It is ridiculous. Um, and we, like we said, we're going to have Jim Smallman on the show uh, at the end of this month, talking about his book, talking about their Wembley show and all that stuff as well. Um, there was also Shug's house party this weekend. Yeah, I saw, um, I, I'm not spoiling it for anyone, Grado came back. That's what I saw the highlight Gr- of. <laughs> Grado and Jeff Jarrett did the Jeff Jarrett dance around the ring in classic fashion um there was i'd like uh, just quick, again, I've got a quick question does grado always come out to madonna like i'm not a massive i don't know much about grado d- he doesn't come out to madonna in impact but i guess there's a reason for that but i think that it was his icw fine because the commentator commentator shut up the commentator i don't know which guy it was did shout you madonna as he came out which was the funniest thing hey sammy how you doing i'm very good i'm just enjoying the crack Great. Just just checking in with you. I'll just <laughs> do every now and then. If you ever want to launch in and get involved, when we're talking about WWE and you want to, if you want to have your say, just pop me mic up and get involved. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Well, I was going to talk about Jeff Jarrett, but you know, okay. Well, how, how do you feel? Right? We dropped the ball on Jeff Jarrett. We could have probably got him on the show when he was in the UK for the last two weeks and didn't realise he was here. That's right. We didn't want to. Too cool for him. He'll be on the show at some point, right? Yeah, hundred percent. One day. One day. Coming up, we'll have Christopher Daniels, who is a proper indie legend. But should we talk a bit about... Um, well, the, the other thing I want to say, after last week's interview with Lionheart, which I really enjoyed, and AJ Styles, another thing that links to Christopher Daniels, the, the only spoiler I will give from ICW, and if you want to literally know nothing, then... Mute for 10 to 15 mute seconds. Mute for the next 15 seconds. In the main event on Saturday night, he took a Styles clash from his opponent and kicked out of it, and apparently it got the pop of the weekend because everyone knew the story and was fully aware of it. I'm sure all because that they were because uh, they're pro wrestling show listeners and yeah, they had all they they'd all it. heard the story I think on that's here. That's why Mark put it in. Yeah, like you were saying. Yeah, oh, mate, Mark Dallas. Anyway, the people have faded back up now, so we can't talk about that anymore. So ICW that'll be on demand this week and well worth a watch from what we understand. We've got to sort out second of September at the Hydro. 2nd of September, 2nd of December Z- at the Hydro. December. December. December 2nd, right. Hydro, Glasgow. Diary now. We're going. All right? Oh, I'm free that day. Let's get it in the diary. Right, Come, let's Sammy, do it. you're coming to Glasgow? The Hydro is a lovely venue. I couldn't possibly right. miss out. I, I, thought, it was gonna, I thought it was going to be really diplomatic. Uh, the Hydro is a lovely venue. Are you going to come? Absolutely I, I've not. heard Scotland's nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Shall we talk? Because people won't have seen NXT UK, so it's difficult to talk no, about. World of Sport, though. A lot of it. We can talk about World of Sport. Talking about Grado. 1.2 million people it peaked at. That's exciting. Uh, it's, you know, 5 pm on a Saturday afternoon. The product very much felt like it was aimed towards that Saturday evening audience. I think the general impression, and we got a lot of social media interaction on this, the general impression was the product in the ring was great. The product around it needs some work. Definitely. 
Definitely. You uh, while we were driving, we were watching it uh, legally, obviously, <laughs> and um, it was on in the car because we've got, we've got a, a car TV. And, yes, um, obviously we've we got were, definitely we're, on car we TV. Searching the mentions on Twitter, and every other mention was referring to the the weird cuts in the camera. Like Will Ospreay was on there, and he was doing a move, and you, I remember he did one, and I don't know which it was one of his high flying ones, and legitimately they cut it as he just before he hit the guy and we've no idea what happened there but I think the guy got his legs up and, but we've no idea because they cut away from it and just saw Will Ospreay falling off him at the end and it's just that, that kind of frustrating thing I get that people want to distance themselves from WWE I understand that, like, you know, whether it's TNA with their hexagonal ring or whether it's, you know, you look at a lot of the indies. I mean, they, they, whether it's Riptide with their cinematic style progress with their very kind of punk rock all done on handheld camera style. People want to keep their product as different as possible. But you still have to look at the way that WWE do a lot of their editing to realize that there is a clear way to do it, to make things look more impactful to make moves look more effective and to look more spectacular and it was just the combination there were too many edits first and foremost yeah all the time start to feel a little bit sick after a little while and i like things like that overhead cam was great that kind of judo olympic style and the the, like gopro in the corner of the ring cam yeah and they just didn't use them to really good effect so i hope that that stuff gets sorted yeah i want to see a wrestler coming towards that camera to smash their shoulder into the ring post. Let's see it all on that camera, not a, f- a flicker of it, and then a, a camera angle from miles away, and then two other camera angles while they're hitting the thing. I love that. Um, I love that they that they took the title off Grado, which was very much uh, you yeah, know that, that was a, a Christmas special. Rampage Brown is a great and deserving champion. And when they announced the people who are involved in that <laughs> multi man match, at you the were start, happy. I was just like, who are these guys? When you've got people like Will Ospreay and Lionheart and Davy Boy Smith, I didn't know those two were facing later in the night. Sure. Why are we getting the guy from Love Island and a bunch of other guys we don't know, but they set it up for Rampage Brown to win the title, and he is a legitimate top level. We're happy performer. with that. The biggest controversy: no women. Apparently, Stu Bennett tweeted saying, with only an hour show, it's difficult to showcase all of our fantastic talent. There will be women's wrestling next week. How many matches were there? Five? Four? Four or five? No, no. Will Ospreay, the two. No women? There was a tag match. No time for a woman. Building up to the tag belts. A little bit of a woman. Didn't like the tag belts. I don't care. A little bit of little women. Apparently, next week, apparently, next week, we're getting a three way triple threat. Yeah. Kaylee Ray, Viper and somebody else can't remember who of a top level basically it's going to be really good next week it's not Casey Owens is it it could be so it's one of the women involved yeah Um, the commentary was the other thing James Ellsworth probably no (laughs) the commentary was the other thing yeah I mean I I couldn't (sighs) buy into SoCal Val I don't know who is she I don't know people she's on the Chris Chris Jericho cruise and she's got loads of followers I don't know who she is no I think I don't know I just don't feel like, you know, we all do the same job, but I, I don't know if she added anything. She was just used as kind of someone going, yeah, well, that was awesome. Yeah, it's if you're like, going to be what? a colour commentator, Have add something, something to, to it, give it some personality. Like, absolutely impose your personality. And if you're irritating as anything, which I'm not saying she was, but use that in a Corey Graves way to get yourself over as a yeah. heel commentator. Um, the other fella I thought was fine. I forgot his name already. Stu Bennett added something proper gravitas to it when but he came and got involved. I find it Alex weird Shane. that... Hmm? Alex Shane. Alex Shane. I find it weird that Thanks, Stu mate. Bennett is like hosting... He's kind of hosting it. He's the general manager and he's a commentator. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if Jim Smallman at Progress walked over and started commentating or, you know, Vince McMahon, I know they do that as part of a story, but he doesn't do it all the time. Well, Vince McMahon used to be it's one right. of the commentators on a regular basis, yeah, but going down that road is maybe not the way to go with it. No. Um, the... So, just a few of the thoughts we got off Twitter. Jamie said, solid effort, showcase some of the talents nicely. Production definitely needs some work, especially cuts and camera angles, as we said. Yeah. The wrestling's great production, not quite there, says Marvellous Mark Monroe. The wrestlers involved have every reason to be proud, though. Gordon says, not bad so far. Josh, he says, what a solid show so far, making the UK indie scene proud. Oh, and that heel turn from Kirby, that was Matt Kirby during the, uh, during the tag match oh, yeah, with Stella. Yeah. Uh, Osprey and Davy Boy stole the show good but god those camera angles were awful Michael said uh, pretty damn good next week should be even better with this Viper on the card says Lee uh, there were some people who really didn't take to it sent us just memes of people shaking their head or looking <laughs> awkward in Craig Gurney's case sending us the, the Wayne's World thing and this is, I mean, Dax, okay, but could have been so much better. I think that's the, the, the real takeaway, isn't it? Alex Imry is great. Matt Johnson, WWE diet. I'm happy for the UK best wrestlers, but they basically followed the current WWE model, which isn't great on a smaller scale. I think there is, you know, the, the, the it's on five o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah, it's not a You have to put for... it in a certain light, a certain direction, don't no, you? No, if you're a massive indie fan or whatever... Not really the right thing for you, is it? You know, you just got the right product for the right people, and I think we should be happy. And this is the general gist of it, wasn't it? We should be happy that there is wrestling on ITV at five o'clock on a Saturday, and more people can get into it, and especially lots of kids. You know, now from a WWE perspective, this week, I, I, there's no point in kind of really <laughs> dragging ourselves over old ground because it's that time of year when the distance between the pay-per-views is a bit longer and we've still got a good two and a bit weeks until SummerSlam at this point. And that fella will have a go at you on Twitter again for being miserable. <laughs> and I am miserable about these things sometimes. Uh, but the um, look, Raw was better than it's been some weeks but still not great. What did you make of all the Lesnar stuff? I... I did liken him sitting in the back uh, to the popular pornography, The Casting Couch, which seems to do all right on Twitter, <laughs> so it wasn't just me that thought that. Uh, the, the, I quite liked it. WWE Creative-ish, who uh, we've probably put over on the show before, but the Twitter account run by a former WWE creative who tweet out kind of irony, Mickey taking things through the show, did tweet something like, Brock Lesnar's here, but he's brought a magazine and doesn't care about the product. He's your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was very funny a bit sexist and a lot of memes that are out there that well it's assuming that most wrestling fans have girlfriends as well which is or boyfriends well, yeah. or you know. I like the Jim Smallman one where the Jim Smallman book has been superimposed over, <laughs> over, over the, the yeah. magazine yeah we did see a lot of that the Young Bucks comic imposed over the magazine oh, and stuff like it. that yeah I just I thought it was alright at the end, Lesnar going after Heyman. I mean, that's a bit weird. I mean, they got they the crowd. To... The crowd chanted for Roman. Oh, what? I know. The I crowd the like has Vince had a ge- moment of genius. Has all this Lesnar stuff actually finally worked in putting his guy over? Was that moment where he turned on Paul Heyman? Was that all they needed to do to get Roman over? Everyone loves Paul Heyman, really. I don't know. I'm at a point right now. We're outside of the 205 Live match, the Cruiserweight Championship, because I've not watched a lot of 205 Live recently. Hold my hands up. Can't watch every bit of wrestling that's on TV. It's maybe the match I'm least excited about from the current expected card at SummerSlam. And we'll go through... In fact, we should go through that in a minute. Two weeks out. I'm just going to run you through how exciting it is. Because then on SmackDown on Tuesday, we had a very limited like show in terms of actual in-ring action. Just three matches. You had the Zelina Vega-Lana thing which was kind of fine. Yeah. 
better on Twitter in advance. Yeah, good promo not, by Lana in the car. But not completely horrible in the ring. The Bar and the Usos, I thought, had a really good match. And Charlotte and Carmella had a, a, a proper wrestling match. I'm not so keen on Charlotte. Why has that happened? Right, so Charlotte being added makes it a better match at SummerSlam of because course. the wrestling, the quality of the wrestling because there's two wrestlers will be it. higher <laughs> because there is Becky Lynch and Charlotte and then a clear heel figure. And it's best for setting up for Evolution. I'd be really disappointed if they if they give Charlotte the title. I can't think that they will. But my worry is, is that does Charlotte need a title so that she can then do something with Ronda leading up to WrestleMania in the next six months? I just think all the heat that's been on Becky, even just put, give, putting Be- the title on Becky for the next two and a half months until we get to Evolution, yeah. where Charlotte wins it and then goes, or she wins it at the Rumble and that takes on to Mania to face Rousey, sure. or however they do that. I just think it makes it would make the last two or three months of really finally building Becky Lynch back up completely pointless if suddenly they've taken a massive swerve so it does worry me a little bit but it's not like wwe to do some really good work and then totally screw it up towards the end did you watch uh <laughs> good did you watch samoa joe and the promo he put on aj styles samoa joe when oh. he talks there's a lot of oh. spit going on isn't there <laughs> there's a lot of these close-up ones and even when he's breathing he's like breathing out of his nose and it's blo- his nose is blowing the spit around his mouth all he's doing is spitting gold my friend it's, as far as I mean, i'm concerned it looks good but you know it's a bit weird. he is the absolute man look what well, smackdown got a 68 chub right now at least at least between samoa joe doing that promo jeff hardy building up that likely triple threat all of the miz and uh, and daniel bryan stuff where you know they kept they played each other off each other so phenomenally and all that stuff with the pics of babies the cry it all got like it's stuff that should have been in the kevin dunn era and should have been dreadful and instead it's brilliant yeah because the two people involved are doing something for themselves and really selling it and really killing it. And look at this SummerSlam card right now, right? Yeah. Just this is these are the expected SmackDown matches. AJ Styles Samojo for the title. Daniel Bryan against The Miz finally paid off. Randy Orton against Nakamura. Heel Randy Orton against Nakamura against Jeff Hardy. Rusev against Almas has been rumoured as the other match. And then Charlotte against Becky and Carmella. Another rumour. Like, that uh, is an amazing pay-per-view on its own, just from the SmackDown side Another rumour that Pro Wrestling Insider have been touting today is Elias and Bobby Lashley. What? Well, so that's it. So on the Raw side of things, we've got Bliss Rousey, which, because we like Ronda at the moment, could be great, but I'm worried there'll be more shenanigans. You've got Ziggler Seth, which... (laughs) They've teased adding a third to it maybe this week, which might work in, in adding... Well, but apparently they're adding Drew, Drew McIntyre's talking about being added in, which would then lead to the potential Dean Ambrose coming back and, and that working. Strowman against Owens for his money in the bank title, just so he doesn't cash in on Lesnar and they can sell that story ongoing, I guess. Yeah. It's all a bit uninspiring. Oh, you've got a message. On their side of things. Yeah, sorry, I left it on the desk. My it's bad. Not, it's fine. We're just I th- chilling. I think that the, overall, the SummerSlam lineup is starting to look really good. Yeah, it just, not, it's not bad. I just think it's much stronger on the SmackDown side right now. SmackDown right now 
is the A product. I was going to say, Raw just seems a bit thin on the ground, I think. That's the big problem. It's just, I don't know whether they just have had a succession of injuries, but it's just, I think, I think there's just not enough depth on that roster. And I think that's always proven by the Raw matches on these big cards. And the thing is, as well, with these, with these pay-per-views in between the major ones at the moment, they're just, they're very much filler, and you, you get that impression that they are filler pay-per-views. So when we hit SummerSlam now, although it's going to feel big, you kind of know that the last few months have just basically been building to one of the big shows again. It's not, it's not an ideal situation at the moment, I don't think. But look, even on that point, so we talk, we joked about it when the Superstar Shake-Up happened that Raw were getting so much the stronger lineup, right? But right now, the heels on SmackDown are Samoa Joe, Nakamura, Randy Orton, The Miz. Like, unbelievable lineup. Who are the heels on Raw? Kevin Owens, who yeah. has been put back into this chicken poop heel role, and <laughs> Brock Lesnar, like, he'll be gone soon. Brock Lesnar, who is done, yeah. Ziegler's um, doing a good job. Ziegler and McIntyre, I like. Always good, yeah. But uh, it feels like they're just, <laughs> the talent, and for a shorter show, they will never, for money reasons, put Raw down to two hours no. for advertising and sponsorship and everything else. But it could really do with it. Aren't they putting SmackDown up to three hours when it moves? SmackDown's moving to Fridays. I don't know if it's going up to three hours, is. though. Pretty sure it is. I know. I know. I personally feel it would be more beneficial to have maybe all the women on one show rather than across two shows because at least then, for example, with Raw, if all the women were on Raw, you'd have a much stronger division in one area. Whereas at the moment, it feels like it's so it's so thin between both shows. And I think at least with SmackDown, because you say they've got some stronger heels and they've got some quite big big matches, big main events, big rivalries. But on Raw, there's very little to get that much excited about. There's kind of like one strong strong side of a rivalry and another side which is not necessarily so good. And okay, maybe you don't want to quite split the women in half, but I feel like at least Raw could maybe use that as their strength. Maybe they could just promote that division a little bit more. If they're not going to have particularly great main event rivalries, okay, you could say some of the women are main event worthy candidates as well, but that's something they could potentially focus on. So right, because when Dean comes back... Apparently, Seth and Dean are going to be going up against uh, a, a reunited Gable. Chad Gable and Jason Jordan. Oh, so no one cares. Um, also, while we're on it, um, big big Cass. You remember him? What, what's he doing now? He's um, no, he's announced his first appearance since oh uh, leaving WWE. Is it so here in the UK? So no, so obviously no. It's in uh, Spartanburg, <laughs> South Carolina, on the bill with Mick Foley and what? Emma. To Neil Dashwood, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Tommy Dreamer, James Ellsworth, and Faces of Fear. Um, what has Big Cass renamed himself as for the indie scene? Big Ass. No, Cass. close. No, just Cass. Yeah, Big Cas with two Zs. Oh God, that's bad. I mean, what? Oh God, that's um, really bad. Also, other WWE news: Meltzer is now reporting that Matt Riddle has signed a three-year deal. So yes, I'm pretty sure we can assume that Matt Riddle's going to join WWE and uh. probably probably appear at, at Takeover in the NXT crowd, right? Do the old uh, crowd side thing. And what, do you want uh, the best bro, thing about that? Is bro, bro, because this week's NXT. Just to very quickly mention, Baszler, Candice LeRae, good match. Candice LeRae continuing to play the great uh, babyface. Setting up the triple threat uh, um, with Tommaso Ciampa and, and Alistair Black and Johnny Gargano. Mm. The crowd booed Johnny Gargano and shouted, you deserve it, when he got beat up by Alistair Black. The storytelling there has been phenomenal yeah. to get the crowd going in that direction. All of that was great. Next week, 
Keith Lee comes to NXT. Stop hitting the table. Keith though. Lee against Matt Riddle. It's going to happen in WWE, and I'm going to get very excited. Hopefully, it will happen at War Games. Keith Lee. Because then we'll be there. Keith Lee. Oh, my God. I'm if it happens love at that. War Games, we'll. we'll uh, sorry, Sam. But um, me and Will will be there. Sam can come. Yeah, you can come if you want. I don't care. Keith Lee sounds like a teacher. Keith Lee sounds like a place in Yorkshire. Very upsetting. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, Keith. He's apparently Keith Lee when he came over for Super Strong Style, like was signing atlases of Keith Lee and stuff like that, <laughs> yeah. as in Keith Lee West West Yorkshire. Like people, I love them. The British crowd. They're not going to change their names, are they? Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. Like no, Keith, Keith Lee is Keith Lee. That's already confirmed. And he's still using Baskin My Glo- Baskin His Glory. Right. Um, I don't know if the theme tune's going to be the same. We'll find out next Wednesday. What about Matt Riddle? Um, they can't get him like Matt Ruddle. Or... I'm really concerned with Matt Riddle. Because Matt Riddle's just his name. And yeah. don't forget he was in... Um, that he's, he's done bits and pieces before. Yeah, of course. So I would say that they don't. What I am concerned about with Matt Riddle is they try and make him wear shoes and they try and I should have thought Matt Riddle can negotiate what he wants to do and he ain't going to sign it unless he can be Matt Riddle unless they make him like bro Riddle he only wrestles in he only wrestles in states where where weed is legal Uh, he only only comes out in California (laughs) with a name like Riddle with a name like Riddle I mean that is that is a plum for kind of you know gimmick moves being a joker let's be honest well it is I mean Vince will love that the thing is though Matt Riddle talks about weed quite a lot I mean he has in the past and obviously that's what sort of affected his UFC career how's that going to work because obviously WWE ain't cool on that that wellness policy I'm hoping it's just because of the developing attitudes in America the fact that they're legalising it before we are the fact that you know he's now becoming generally accepted for medical usage and pain relief usage that actually WWE might be cool about it I mean it's probably better that than getting getting, um, jacked up on prescription stuff isn't it yeah I think so I reckon so (laughs) we've got Christopher Daniels to get to absolutely and we we haven't talked about that yet and uh, you know I've got my real job that I've got to run off and do so are there any other WWE thoughts he's not going to that we need to get to I'm not going to run anywhere. We all know that. <laughs> I don't have any other WWE thoughts, no, other than, unfortunately, Grandmaster Sexy dying, which was very sad. Oh, we haven't talked... There One were of a my favourites. Bunch of I, deaths. I used in... to watch um, Monday night, Sunday Night Heat, or whatever it was. Whenever I watched everyone was free. It was Heat, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, we used to watch... And Too Cool were always on that, because obviously he sort of appealed to the kids. Uh, yeah, and he was one of my favourites. I did prefer Scotty Too Hotty. Hot, just a devastating story as well. And yeah, that's Particularly just... for Jerry Lawler, like... Yeah. Just, just horrible. So, yeah. There have been a few big deaths in, in wrestling this week if we spend the next 20 minutes talking about them we won't hear from Christopher Daniels well, let's, and you know let's not let's uh, let's just do know. the usual tweet out some rest in peace stuff from our at pro wrestle show account and move on <laughs> great <laughs> but it is worth watching Nikolai Volkov singing the Russian national anthem before one of his matches so check that out 100% Nikolai Volkov another person who passed away this week um, should we talk Ring of Honor go on it is coming to the UK for the re- United. The reunited yeah. tour, yeah, reunited yeah. Ring of Honor tour. Uh, it was brilliant when it was over here back in um, back in March, May, whenever that well, was. It was on the spring sometime, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and it was at Crystal Palace in London and Doncaster, and I think in Edinburgh. And it's the same same three cities again now. Different venues though um, in London, at least. Um, yeah, I never knew Doncaster was the hub for wrestling. <laughs> there you go. So the Honor reunited tour. You've got some amazing matches announced. Uh, things like. Um, in Edinburgh on the open night, uh, women of honour tag match, Viper and Tennille Dashwood against Chardonnay and Kaylee Ray. You've got the first round of the tournament with people like uh, Kip Stabian facing Flip Gordon. That's an amazing matchup if you're a fan of the UK. And he's Joe Hendry against Adam Page. They're doing a lot of like, here are greats from 
coast to coast and make them go up against each other. I think that's kind of the idea. Yeah. Christopher Daniels, who we're about to speak to, facing Jimmy Havoc. Yeah. The two of the greats of their relative indie scenes. Uh, just it's he's a big fan of jimmy havoc as well uh, as you'll hear in a minute and I, I did i did broach the pizza cutter thing with him oh, and he was not down for that <laughs> no, no down way. for that so uh that will start off on that when i go through right to the end they're also gonna have matches for the title with jay lethal they're gonna have the young bucks are here and they'll go be going up for the tag titles the six-man tag all of that involved as well so let's hear from a proper indie legend one of my all-time favorites a guy who in tna was the longest reigning x division champion who fought in some of the greatest matches there uh, and a guy who in ring of honor was there from day one in 2002 and this year became the first ever grand slam champion tag six-man tag tv title and the world heavyweight title which he beat adam cole for last year um, and john caught up with him earlier this week on the phone from california christopher daniels how's it going uh, going great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. No worries at all. First question, what is a professional wrestler doing at four o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon? Um, I just got back from Baltimore. Uh, I was doing some business stuff for Ring of Honor, and uh, I'm about to hit the gym as soon as I'm done chatting with you, my good man. Amazing. In terms of being a professional wrestler, we, we obviously talk to a lot, and the gym routine is something that changes quite a lot between different people. What, what's your kind of average on a sort of normal day? Um, well, usually if I can, I'll try and get it done first thing in the morning, just because that's when I've got the most, uh, initiative. Um, if I have to do chores or take care of husband duties or father duties, um, and it gets pushed back to later in the day, it's harder for me to sort of stick to those guns. But, um, uh, usually if I can get it done in the morning, I get it done maybe an hour, an hour and a half, and then, uh, I'm off to spend the rest of the day being great. Of course, amazing. In terms of people that you've, you know, you'd, you'll have worked out with, with a lot of wrestlers over your time, can you possibly give me a name of maybe the most dedicated gym-going wrestler and maybe, you know, the, the least committed gym-going wrestler? Um, I don't know too many least committed. Um, I can tell you probably the most committed is my partner, Frankie. Uh, he's uh, in the best shape of his life. He's been uh, a gym rat from the very beginning of our friendship. And, um, and it shows, man. I mean, like I said, he's in the best shape of his life right now. And, um, we're up in the morning when we're on the road, we're up early in the morning, morning, much earlier than many normal human beings and many normal wrestlers. <laughs> um, most of the time when guys see us at 10 in the morning on the loop, we've already been to the gym, we've already eaten and they just sort of shake their head that, uh, we're both very crazy, crazy people. But that must and be right. That must be good because you spur yourself on and, you know, you've got a few years on Frankie, but does he sort of help you maybe those days where you don't fancy it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man, I I know that uh, it's not just me in this game. Uh, We're in this together and uh, I can't I can't let him go off to the gym by himself. Um, I wouldn't feel right. So, yeah, (laughs) we're we're in it together and we drive each other and we push each other to be uh, better than we are. Which which is hard, because obviously, you know, being so good. Now look, let's get to business. Last year you won the Ring of Honor World Championship for the first time, and, you know, it was it was quite a while since you've been working for that company. Do you feel that after all that time it was just, it was made even more special just because of how long it took? Yeah, absolutely. I, I felt like, um, you know, the fact that I'd had as many opportunities as I did and didn't uh, win the championship 
Uh, it certainly made winning it finally after 24 years in the business and 15 years in Ring of Honor off and on. Uh, it definitely made it uh, that much more special for me. And, um, and again, it, it sort of lit a fire in me to sort of uh, step it up even, even greater. You know, I feel like Ring of Honor's got the best talent in the world. And to be the world champion of that company at that period of time, um, it meant a lot to me. It was a badge of honor that I wore. And um, I feel like anybody who's the world champion in Ring of Honor right now is at the top of their game. And uh, it's, it's just a special, it's a special group of athletes that comprise the Ring of Honor locker room. So to be the best of that crew is, uh, is definitely something to be proud of. What's the feeling that when you lose the title? Because obviously, you know, you know that, you, that there's a reason you're losing it. It's all part of the bigger picture. But in a personal sort of place where you've been the champion and you've been that face, you've been the main guy, to have to lose it, like, is that day after you lose it kind of a massive crash back down to earth? Or do you just sort of carry on, you know, do your next thing and, and move on? Yeah, I, I absolutely, uh, I absolutely moved on. Um, you know, I know that uh, each champion has the day that they win and the day that they lose are going to come around that corner. So um, I was happy to have held it as long as I did. Um, and and you know, to know that I won it so late in my career, I don't feel like it's out of the realm of possibility for me to be a two-time champion. So that's sort of what I focused on was getting back on the bike and sort of. Uh, uh, making roads to stay at that top level so that when championship opportunities come around, um, I'm, I'm ready and available for it. Yeah, and of course, second time around, it'd be even better. I think that's how it works. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So uh, w- when you lost that title, you lost it to Cody, who is someone we've talked about a lot on this show, obviously, because of um, you know how he's conducted himself, maybe since he left WWE. What are your thoughts and observations on, on sort of how it's going for him? Um, I, I think he's very pleased with his progress and the things that have happened for him since he's at WWE. And, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta tip your hat to someone like Cody who took the biggest risks, the, the biggest risk of it, of their, of their, that there is to walk away from what could have been a sure thing for him. You know, I mean, uh, gainful employment in the WWE is something that a lot of guys strive for and work hard for. And he had it, and he didn't feel fulfilled. And, um, you know, when, uh, when you've got bills to pay and you've got, uh, you know, that sort of thing happening, it's hard to walk away from something that you know is going to be there for something that may or may not materialize for you. So, I mean, it took a lot for him to step away from the WWE, and I think that um, it was his drive and his passion for pro wrestling that sort of fueled his ascent from – you know, being in the the middle of the card in the WWE to being the top guy mm. in Ring of Honor and on the independent scene, and and now doing great stuff in in New Japan as well. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like um, the the Cody Rhodes experiment sort of worked in his favor, and it's still uh, still showing dividends for him. It's kind of like. I don't know if I want to use the word pioneering, but that's the only word I can think of. But it's kind of a pioneering thing because it it was that WWE was seen as the pinnacle, you know, even 10 years ago or so. And as someone yourself who sort of, you know, you were involved with WWE, I know sort of back in the day a little bit, but um, you've you've never had that WWE run. And I've seen interviews that you've done before and you've kind of been cool with that. And I think a lot more talent these days are going to be cool with not being involved with that promotion, do you think that it's going to actually have a legitimate sort of challenger in terms of size and an audience um, 
interest, I guess you'd say, going forward? You know, will there finally be a sort of competitor again with WWE? Um, I don't know if there'll be a competitor. There'll be alternatives, and that's different. Um, you know, and then going back to your, your earlier little statement about um, being fine with uh, not having a WWE run, um, it all depends on what each wrestler sort of defines as success. I mean, a lot of guys grow up watching WWE and that's what professional wrestling is for them. So for them to get a chance to be in the WWE, that sort of, they equate that to being success. Um, I grew up watching the NWA and uh, by the time I became a professional wrestler and, and got um, sort of in the discussion to be uh, someone that was making his living doing this, um, that wasn't really an option. So, I mean, I sort of always defined my success as, as being able to live comfortably, uh, earning my money, doing what I love to do, which was professional wrestling. Um, and I think in this day and age now with the success of different companies around the world, whether it's Ring of Honor or Impact or Lucha Underground or WWN or MLW, um, and then you look at the success at the UK scene right now, um, there's so many more avenues and so many more opportunities out there that guys can make their living and succeed doing professional wrestling that don't involve the WWE. And I think that's what's um, very appealing to guys like Cody and the Young Bucks is still getting that success and still um, being fulfilled in professional wrestling uh, and, and not having to to be uh, at the mercy of the WWE to do it. I think it's very healthy, though, just for the wrestling in general, that now there are all these options and you can kind of forge your own path. It must be quite refreshing as a wrestler. Um, you mentioned- yeah, absolutely. You, you definitely want to have those options in your career. And I think right now, if you're a young wrestler coming up, um, the, the world of professional wrestling is so much wider and brighter now for them than it might have been, you know, maybe... 5, 10, 15 years ago for a lot of guys. You mentioned Impact just there as well. Obviously, they've sort of reinvented themselves and come back. How do you, how would you say that compares with like TNA at its very best? Um, honestly, I haven't had a chance to watch the product. I just, I know what I hear. I see a lot of names of guys who I respect and guys um, that are finding success uh, in Impact. And um, I tip my hat to him, man. I mean, um, the TNA era, the time when I was there, um, I don't think it's ever going to be the same as whatever happens with Impact now, and that's fine. Um, you know, what we did in the day, um, that was the best that we could do at that point, and now they're sort of forging their own path with uh, a, a new group of guys um, and uh, a new game plan, a new battle plan, and hopefully it works out for them because that's just another avenue for guys to, to find work and be successful. Absolutely. This this is actually a really good time. So my co-host Will, who can't be here right now, he's um he, one of his favourite matches of all time was the triple threat with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, um, which is in two thousand five, I think, yep. um, for the title, and uh, and then subsequently the rematch four years later. He wants me to ask you if you think that uh, obviously AJ and Joe are now being on the on the bill at SummerSlam, um, and it's the first time we've sort of seen a decent rivalry between them probably since then. How do you think that's going to go? Do you think they can recreate that kind of 2005 rivalry? I don't think they need to recreate it. I think they're both different wrestlers now than they were 13 years ago. And, and in a positive way, I feel like um, the successes that they've had 
outside of Impact. Um, you know, AJ in, in New Japan and now WWE, and Joe going through the NXT system, being uh, the first two-time champion there, and now making his way to the main roster. Um, I feel like they're different wrestlers now, um, but they're they're just they're better wrestlers now. So I feel like um, what they do in a WWE ring is going to be different than what we did in 2005, but uh, for the better, I believe. I'm aware that we're talking about other people, and we will we will bring this back to you in a second, as well as um, a question about Curry Man that I've always wanted to ask you. Um, just while we're on the subject of AJ, a lot of people will be aware, and a lot of people won't be aware of your friendship with AJ. Um, we obviously know that he's you know he's doing really well, and since he's moved to WWE, he's doing incredibly well. Do you think that we will ever see AJ back doing an indie run before he calls it a day? Because I kind of I've seen lots of things that have said that he's always said that he doesn't want to sort of wrestle forever. He probably wants to stop in a few years' time. Do you think he might? That might be something he would consider. Um, I I can't say I can't say hundred percent no. I don't feel like that would be in the cards, but certainly um, you know it depends on the circumstances uh, in the next couple of years. I feel like he's very happy. Um, where he's at right now, and certainly he succeeded in a place where people might not have thought he would um, readily. So I, I feel like he's happy, sort of proven the naysayers wrong, and uh, you know, being one of the best champs that they've had in a very long time. Um, so yeah, I can't imagine that there would be, you know, maybe the only thing I can think of is maybe if there's like one or two matches that he would want to do before he quits. But I feel like he's done everything that he's wanted to do. And um, when the time comes for him to sort of stop falling down for a living, I think it's going to be very easy for him to walk away from it in that respect. Okay. There's a lot more to life. You got, as you say, he has done pretty much everything. So, you know, once he's ticked a few more things off with WWE, I can, I can understand that. Um, back to you, the um, way we sort of strayed a little bit, um, Curry Man. So that was 10 years ago now. And, I've always wondered, where did the idea for actual Curry Man come from? Because when I was a kid, I had a very similar character that I that was part of a sort of set of stories I did, literally when I was like six years old, um, that was, uh, it wasn't quite Curry Man. I can't remember what it was called, but basically it, it was a man made of food. Um, I mean, where do you get an idea from that? Is it, is it your love of comic books? Um, well, actually, the character is based on um, a character in... Japanese comic books called uh, the character, the comic book or the anime was called um, Kinnikuman and um, the character was called Curry Cook. So, I mean, that was something that Mishinoku Pro came up with and gave to me um, in 1999 for the Mass Man tournament that they did every four years. So, um, it just so happened that after that tournament, um, the character got very popular and uh, I, I stayed with uh, Mishinoku Pro and then moved on to New Japan over the course of from like 99 to 2004 was the last time that I did like uh, Curry Man for New Japan. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it, it really, the only thing that I sort of added to it was um, just the mannerisms of Curry Man himself. Like that, like the dancing, the hats, <laughs> the, yeah. sort of the, the devil make care attitude. <laughs> that was all, that was all me. Yeah. But I mean, the 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 idea of the character itself wasn't mine to begin with. Do you think we'll see Curry Man on this UK tour coming up? Could he sneak out? Um, probably not on no. this UK tour. Um, <laughs> no, I you know uh, he's a he's a bit of a drunk, and so <laughs> it's going to be hard for him to sober up sober up sober up enough in time to find his uh, passport uh-huh. and get a plane ticket. 
Plus, yeah. it's it's in a couple of weeks, so it's yeah. probably too late for him on this one. Yeah, he's not got his visa, things like that. Just logistical problems. I get it. I get it. Right. Obviously, we're talking about like comic books. Are you a big fan of these comic book sort of remake films? I know that Ant Man and the Wasp is out this week. Is that kind of you up your street? Oh uh, yeah, I dug it, man. I, I went and saw that. I obviously saw Infinity War earlier in the summer. Um, I feel like Marvel's doing really good work, and I can't wait to see what happens in the next couple of movies. Um, I'm looking forward to Captain Marvel, and then obviously uh, the fourth Avengers movie in uh, April or May of next year. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions to be answered, and um, you know, it's still fun to be a, a fan of Marvel. Not just the movies, but the books uh, overall. Um, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the in the pages of the books now, and um, you know, it's just something that I've always enjoyed. Yeah, doing those stories justice on the big screen as well. Um, all right, let's talk about this um, this this tour, Ring of Honor Reunited, um, second tour we've had in the UK this year, and I know that the one that was uh, back in the spring was uh, went down really well. Um, Edinburgh, Doncaster, and London. So. Do you know which matches you're working yet, or is that something that's not been uh, put in front of you so far? Well, I know I'm involved in the International Cup tournament, and um, the first night in Edinburgh, um, I'll be facing Jimmy Havoc in the first round of that tournament. Yeah. So um, what happens for me on the second and third night depends a lot on what happens in that tournament. Um, I think Jimmy Havoc is uh, hes a great competitor. He's very unorthodox. It's going to be a big challenge for me. Um, to sort of make him wrestle my style rather than to fall in the traps that I think Jimmy draws a lot of his opponents into um, with his his uh, unique style. So, I mean, that's the, the game plan for me is to sort of make him wrestle my match rather than, uh, you know, going to uh, the hardcore end of, of, of wrestling, which I think Jimmy is, is a master at. He's pretty so, good at uh, it, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's my big challenge is... Uh, is is sort of making him sort of get away from his game plan and go into my game plan. So, I mean, that's going to be the big question is which one of us sort of forces the other guy uh, to stray off of his out of his comfort zone. To be honest, in terms of tactics, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen a video, I can't remember where it was from, but um, someone going at his arm with a pizza cutter. And it's probably, I think, the most disgusting thing I've seen in wrestling. And... I think he was almost a bit surprised at how much it was, how vile it was. Um, so all you'll need to do is just bring a pizza cutter down with you and just put it in the corner of the ring. And I think that'll probably emotionally uh, put him at edge and puts you at an advantage. I think so. I mean, like uh, just a tip yeah, for you there, really. It does, sound, it does sound like that that would work, but uh, doesn't sound like it's a game plan that I would roll with. So <laughs> something a little unorthodox. Pizza cutter and then have it taken out of my grasp and put it in his hand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that might be not, that might not be the way I go with it. No, actually, yeah, don't take my advice. Do never, never take my advice. Um, what is your experience of the UK over the years? I've always had a great, uh, great experiences in the UK, um, all the way back with doing stuff with FWA back in the day, doing stuff with one PW. And then the past couple of years doing the UK tours with ring of honor. I feel like, um, you know, there's always been strong wrestling fans. There's always been a strong wrestling fan base out there. And um, I feel like with the success of the UK scene in the past couple of years, it just makes it that much more exciting to go over with Ring of Honor and, and get an opportunity to work in front of these guys and to work against some of the best wrestlers that the UK has to offer. So, I mean, um, it's always fun. I'm looking forward to it in a couple of weeks as well. 
the UK wrestling scene is, is crazy at the moment. Even since we've started doing this show, obviously we have NXT UK, which is just sort of kicking off now. And um, a couple of weeks ago, the um, like mainstream TV showed uh, World of Sport brought back wrestling on a Saturday night on main TV in the UK, which is, was not happened for a very long time. And, you know, the, right. the, the viewing figures for that were, were crazy. And it's a slightly different product. You know, it, it is aimed at sort of uh, families and kids to get them into wrestling. But still, you know, sure. having mil- those millions of people watching is very encouraging and, and obviously hopefully that that impacts on you guys as well it means that every time you come over it gets bigger and better it's going to be good yeah hopefully um you know just the whole the the whole desire to watch great wrestling starts to grow when you've got great product to sort of sample from and that's sort of what ring of honor is going to bring over as well we're going to go and um you know bring our brand to guys and and uh try and take advantage of the 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 interest in pro wrestling overall over there. Yeah, ride that wave. Um, Christopher, I've got one final question. Are you all in? I'm absolutely all in. Yes. We're just waiting to see who we're wrestling. Um, SCU is going to be a part of it. Um, we're happy that we're on the card and uh, looking forward to see what uh, what shenanigans the Young Bucks and Cody put in front of us. But um, it's going to be a great night. It's going to be a histor- It's going to be a history-making night. And um, we're all three of us real proud that uh, we made the cut. Awesome. Well, you know what? That is another reason for people in the UK to stay up throughout the night drinking far too heavily, uh, and we will look forward to that. Uh, look, Christopher, we'll see you very soon in the UK for those dates. Thursday the 16th in Edinburgh, Saturday the 18th, and then Sunday... Uh, sorry, Saturday the 18th in Doncaster. Can't forget Doncaster. And then Sunday, August 19th in London. Christopher, lovely chatting to you. Thanks very much, man. I appreciate it. Thanks to the fans for uh, supporting Ring of Honor every time we come out. Oh, Johnny boy, chatting to Christopher Daniels. I loved it. Good work, mate. Uh, I definitely want to get him on again and just talk about TNA for an hour. Uh, I, to this moment, he didn't watch Impact. Like, I guess that he is busy, but it'd be, I'd be interested to have heard his thoughts on yeah. like Impact now versus TNA then kind of thing. Uh, there are tickets still available for the uh, for the Honor Reunited Tour. Uh, so you can get them online at the Ring of Honor website. Uh, Doncaster, Edinburgh and London over the 16th, 18th and 19th. Although it actually goes Edinburgh, Doncaster, London, just to make sure, in that order. Uh, but if you are unable to attend the shows, you can watch it online. Fight TV, which is F-I-T-E TV and Ring of Honor announced that it will be exclusively available on the Fight TV platform through a unique sponsorship of the inaugural Ring of Honor International Cup. Uh, the events will be available for $14.99 that is, per show, or you can pay $30, so about 25 quid, for all three events on the Fight TV network. You can get it as a mobile app on iOS and Android mobile devices on the web at Fight dot tv again f-i-t-e dot tv and on the roku apple tv android tv boxes all of those places as well and they'll be available to stream on demand through ring of honors on a club service uh, seven days after their initial airing do you think he was that into the curry man thing no i think <laughs> i think he, <laughs> I don't think he cared i got the impression he wasn't a fan no i just <laughs> i mean i like to put more abstract things about people's careers and hopefully they'll they're into it but i didn't sense he cared no you did a really good job apart from mentioning curry man which yeah. you glossed over quite <laughs> well, I didn't, so screw you. Um, so just to finish off with, our free match of the week is the match that John mentioned on there. Find it on our Twitter page. We will pin it uh, from like tomorrow onwards. We'll pin this show first and foremost. It's uh, the TNA X Division Championship match, the triple threat, back in 2005 between a very short-haired and young-looking AJ Styles, a very slim-looking Samoa Joe, and uh, a very 
young and fit. He looks very similar, actually. Uh, Christopher Daniels, who at the time was the X Division champion. It's about half an hour long. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you'll want to watch it twice. It's a proper five-star match. Uh, they redid it in 2009, and it was almost as good second time round. But it kind of, at the time, redefined what you could do with triple threat wrestling. And it's well, well worth watching. So we'll post it there. Please, if you watch it, Give us your thoughts below or give us your overall thoughts on the match or the careers or whatever. Or give us a chub rating. Or give us a chub rating and we'll discuss it on next week's show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All that remains to be said is... Mark's um, 10 for your 10% discount. I was going to say that, but yeah, Mark's 10. Yeah, (laughs) Urban Species, if you like wrestling t-shirts, have a look at them. I've been wearing my Chris Jericho one a lot this week. Uh, is that a wrestling one? No, no it's a no. Jurassic Park t-shirt. Great. You can't I'm get a, a discount. Child. There's no, there's no uh, discount on Disney. So, is that Disney? No. I haven't got a clue. I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, Mark's 10. Yeah, you get, gets you that. Uh, there was something else I was going to mention, and it's totally gone out of my mind. Okay. Is it because I said Mark's 10? Yeah. Was Mark's it give us a five-star rating on yeah, iTunes? Was that old, all that old <laughs> shit. <laughs> Did you go really swore earlier as well? This is He thinks that because we've got a producer today, he's allowed to behave like well, an absolute... allowed to say that? You're a disgrace. All right, okay. All the, if you've ever listened to a podcast, you know all that stuff they say about do it or you do this because we've got a podcast and do that. Just that. Do that for us. <laughs> stop doing it for Adam Buxton. Stop doing it for <laughs> my dad wrote a porno. Do that for us. Thanks. Sammy, it's nice having you in today. You said very little, but that'll change. We'll get you more and more involved. We love it's you dearly. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love Sam. Uh, this is uh, the Apro Restaurant on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us there as well. Uh, next week, Travis Banks and Nina Samuels. You've been listening to the Pro Wrestling Show. Stop banging the table. <laughs> right, should we get Every Keith Goss at ten minutes late?